Yeah. So, golems. <laughs> golems are you a thing. To, I don't do know. Wanna, do you want to tell people what a golem is? So, the first time we heard about a golem, I think, anyway, was in, um, in Season of the Forge. And that, what you call it? So the the first mention was the the Kalki Golem, but we don't have any we don't have a lot of information about the Kalki Golem. Uh, but then later in the the Liar book, there are a lot of references to the Siddhartha Golem. I don't know if I pronounced that right. I feel like Rhino would know. Right. I mean, I don't know. Rhino knows a lot of things. Well, it'd be Sid Never. Hearth, right? Because you added an A to the end. Oh, wait. No, there is an A at the end. There is what? an A. Okay. Well, in my defense, the cropping on this <laughs> word... Are you looking at the, the entry, Sid Hearth a Golem? <laughs> Which one? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. The yeah. A is dropped, so it looks like it says Sid Hearth space A space Golem. That's, it's not on mine. It is Can on mine. Can you send me a screenshot of that and I'll have a look at it. Um, hmm. Maybe after this. We don't need to do that right now. Well, it's yeah. already done. So, okay. Um, so Rasputin has this... You know, like <laughs> there's a lot of like these AI com entries that we have from Rasputin at different mm -hmm. times. And this is one that we got in the Liar book. And... It's talking about a Siddhartha golem, yeah. And it's it's kind of initiating this um, protocol. Uh, but when would you say that this happened? Well, this was obviously during the collapse. Oh wait, are you talking Siddhartha golem? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um... Do you think do you think that was during the collapse? Are you asking when did when did he activate the Siddhartha Golem? Mm -hmm. Well, that was before the collapse. That was in the Golden Age because of the the whole thing. You know, the tyrant sent his son to live among well, the that's, people. That's why I was asking. Like, is this so? Looking at the Siddhartha Golem entry, mm -hmm. is there anything that's obvious about this entry that that set, like d distinguishes it from the the AI com entries that we get? in the the collapse you know well it doesn't look like there's anything super different like looking through it i mean we know it was at least during the very least it was during early collapse because i mean Fellwinter became an iron lord and they were yeah. you know early dark ages etc but i mean so that's that's really what it is it's it it, it depends on when you consider the collapse to have ended you know, yeah. because the collapse could have been going on, and it's like it's the dark age now, but it's still also technically the collapse. We don't have hard numbers for these yeah. yet. Yeah, and like I know it's collapsing. Yeah, that there's even debate around how, like, how when did the collapse start? Did the collapse, like, and and how long did it last? Like, like in terms of, did did the, the pyramids <laughs> or whatever, you know, did the darkness arrive and then suddenly everything was like okay. Earth, you know, humanity is defeated, mm -hmm. or was it like right. drawn out over days or weeks or months or years? Well, I guess there's a there's a there's separate lines of thinking. Like they think some people say 
when the darkness approaches that this was a protocol to save the remnants of humanity just before ex the extinction event was about to happen. And then some people say, well, this was a product of when the darkness arrived, <clears throat> people were scrambling to, um, you know, save themselves. Mm -hmm. So I guess there's like a couple of lines of thought and, you know, obviously the, the, the scary thing is that Clovis knew so much about this impending doom, but didn't share it. Uh, yeah. He didn't totally share it, this knowledge with the masses. And so I can't, I can't help but wonder if this was some of these things that were happening with Clovis and the reason why we have certain individuals in the game, such as, you know, the stranger maybe. And, uh, you know, you know, some of the other people and Rasputin trying to find a way uh, to extend himself in case of this event um, was because of a almost like an exigent program just to kind of prepare for this impending doom and spread yeah. your seed out in a way. Yeah. I, I still don't, I still don't uh, trust Clovis. I like, I, the more we get into him, the more I feel like we're just going to learn one day that he was like, yeah, I knew the collapse was happening and I was just trying to be the hero, you know, like he was trying to put himself in the position to capitalize on it. Yeah. But I think that's a, like, was he trying to be the hero? Because he could be, he could be putting himself in a position to capitalize on it. In the opposite without... way. Well, I mean, just like, you know, if he's thinking, right how can I take advantage of this situation? Like, there's not necessarily, you know, I, I hope that he was trying to be the hero. Mm -hmm. right. <laughs> like, and, I, and I think, you know, most people in their own narrative do see that, like, especially people in positions of authority and power like that probably do see themselves as being the hero. He's a little so, bit of a megalomaniac too. Yeah. So he has like this. Destiny loves but, but he has a <laughs> he has a tie to his family, which keeps him tethered uh, to his his somewhat morale uh, decision making. <laughs> well, I mean, can you really say that when we have evidence that Elsie had to basically flee her family? Yeah, I think you know, but that could just also be the. I mean, you it, it's a trope almost, right? With the with the father figure. Uh, and then the daughters and the son who kind of rebel because there's this absentee father who's driven by his work so much that he has basically ignored his direct family. And then his direct family will want to do everything that they can do to gain his affection. But at the same time, they kind of feel trapped in this environment that their father has created. And they know their father's not necessarily working in the most um ethical yes <laughs> ethical yeah. way so they kind of they kind of you know they kind of have to walk that line of oh my dad's a little bit evil <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah but but I he's my dad at the end of the day so i'm gonna i'm gonna do whatever i can do um to kind of circumvent his bad guy bad guy ways right because you you yeah. see how you see how anna bray has discovered a lot about herself and her previous uh her her past and what she did and and she's very much defining herself now because she doesn't know who she knew who she, she knows 
who she was before, but she doesn't she doesn't have a complete 100% grasp on what that was. Um, but she has gotten or she has created this massive picture by taking all these clues and historical events that she's uncovered. We don't know all that she knows. She could know some stuff we don't know. Um, mm-hmm. And so she's kind of gleaned uh, what, who she was and what happened. And so maybe there's something still that needs to be uncovered there. And she's going to have one of those aha moments, but yeah, I don't know. I, I, I feel like it's maybe just a little bit of a, of a, of a, a family drama. <laughs> so it, so I mean, anyway. it depends on what line of thought you're thinking. You're like, do you think Clovis Bray was trying to protect his family and save them first? Yeah, I mean, he's definitely the type of guy that's like, my family will be safe. The rest of you, I mean, we'll we'll try. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I think we we don't. You know, we only have little bits about the relationship between the um, the Bray family. And really, the main the main person that we get information from is Anna, who doesn't actually remember her family or the horrible things even she has done. Right. Like, yeah, I mean, it's obviously it's not on the level of Clovis. But when you look at the the narrative preview legacy and it's being Mm -hmm. revealed that she created the echoes, which are kind of like golems, just a little different. She's like, oh, my God, this is terrible. I did this. And she's like shocked by it. Yeah. Yeah. It's it, you know. There's a ton of spin foil, spoil, spin foil theories, but yeah, uh, one that one that I like, and uh, one of the many ones that I like that contradicts some of the other ones I like, but it's one that I like nonetheless. Is that the ghosts were created in a way to extend humanity as as a as a way to capture humanity and extend them throughout this horrible extinction event. And Clovis knew about it, and he basically was finding a way to upload people's consciousnesses by proxy the Traveler's light that he had been bleeding all along. Hmm. I hadn't heard that one. Mm-hmm. I was just trying to keep it simplified but yeah it's somewhat (laughs) somewhat you know you hear about um you hear about these really cool uh sci-fi um stories and some of some of the uh some of the great ones that i've i've thought of in the past are are the ones some have a trope where people are uploading themselves you know into a construct as a way to, you know, live forever. Right. Uh, and it even comes up now, um, as a way to extend humanity in our present day, could we create a giant matrioska brain is what it's called. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's basically a large, uh, containment for our consciousnesses to be uploaded in to create a universe that we could all live in and uh, extend our lifespan digitally. I feel like that's probably Matryoshka. Yes. So 
Interesting. So we so, asked. Okay. Go, no, you, you go on. Well, I was going to say, we asked about when uh, the Siddhartha Golem that became Felwinter uh, mm-hmm. first went online. But when do you guys think he was uh, resurrected? From the from the liar book, we start right off in the beginning of him being resurrected, and his ghost uh, saying that the traveler said that you were important or you were uh, special. I forgot exactly what the word was, and that's why it went out there. So it's it. First off, I think it's interesting that a not actually human life can even be resurrected. Yeah. You know, at least yeah. with the case of the other exos, we were under the belief that humans became exos, and that's why they could become resurrected. Like a frame mm-hmm. shouldn't be able to be resurrected. But but you know there is like like just because an exo brain is an exo brain, mm-hmm. you know, like I, I I feel as though it's kind of it kind of gets a little bit religiousy because it's like what's the how do you define a person? Yeah. Um and the you know like it, it the law goes to great lengths in in different places to really drive home that an exo brain is just a human brain. Mm-hmm. So right. if there was this Siddhartha Golem who was an exo but mm-hmm. he, he he never came from a human that doesn't necessarily mean he's not a human. Like you know what I mean like if if he, if it has a human brain you know, if it walks like a human and it talks like a human, it's a human. Mm-hmm. Even if it's like, an artificial human. Yeah, exactly. Um, frames, we know that frames don't have the level of complexity. Like, they, I know that they, they're, they just mimic shacks. Yeah, basically. <laughs> I mean, yeah, the red jacks. Yeah. If it walks like shacks, no, never mind. Um, <laughs> Yeah, you know, so... what's cool about the frames is they kind of they they gain characteristics also along the ways. Uh, the mm-hmm. the longer they they live or survive, they start to ki- uh, take on their own characteristics. Mm-hmm. I mean, I wonder if you could like if if a frame was able to develop enough, could you have like a a a, a frame guard? Yeah, if they lived long enough, could they develop enough of a personality? That yeah. they could theoretically be resurrected. That'd be interesting. Yeah, that would be. That's that's going to be the new playable class, frames. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, like if Dahlia comes back, is it Dahlia? Is that her name? Which one? Is that the Fall Winter like, Peak one? The frame. Um, I think it is Dahlia. Oh, Dahlia! So yeah, yeah, yeah. Archite and Dahlia. And Dahlia, yeah. Mm-hmm. Those are the two red jacks that are very much like shacks, and they have not died yeah. yet. Yeah. Although Arkite's like, been decommissioned as an action frame, he's just hanging. Yes. Where is Arkite now? He's standing next to Shack still. He's is on he? a computer. Yeah, oh, he's okay. just typing away. Because it used to be Shacks did one thing and Arkite did the other thing, and now in Destiny yeah, Two, yeah. Shax just does it all. Yeah. yeah. He still said he has like background, um, or like um dialogue still which is nice so danny actually just asked what are the definition and requirements to wield the light and that's kind of like what we're asking mm-hmm. right now and yeah that's a hard one i mean you know people people think that it can only be humans but there's an entry in uh ghost stories where a ghost found their guardian and they looked at the body and it was a fallen captain and they were like oh my god 
like I can't resurrect this. This is a fallen. It's not. They can't be a guardian, and then they do anyway. And it turns out there was a human body underneath the captain, and that's who was resurrected. And but so even to a ghost, they don't really know. Like they're just like, this is my guardian. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's kind of it's kind of funny how little ghosts know really. <clears throat> like there's that there's that law entry where it's two ghosts being interviewed. What's it called again? Um, and one's like, oh yes, we have a very deep connection with the traveler, and the <laughs> other one's like, but we don't actually like we don't know anything. What are you talking about? <laughs> I like that one. Good. Yeah, so I mean, if there's if, if you're if you're one of the people that has the belief that ghosts are individuals previously or pre from a previous life, yeah, and they are trapped in their you know shell yeah. form, then I guess you would say um, it would be a lot like Baxter or Anon or me going out and having to find a guardian like how do you do that you'll know when you do you'll know when you know right so if we're out roaming about looking for our pokemon and then all of a sudden we stumble upon something that we all of a sudden have a connection to mm -hmm. because of the traveler's light that was still um left in that individual now we have that bridged conduit and we can revive them and they are now tethered to us so how does that work necessarily Yeah, but I mean, I I don't I don't know if I believe that really. Have Have either of you read uh, Gideon the Ninth? No, I don't think so. It's it's it's, a, it's it's good. It's about necromancers, and I don't want to spoil the ending. But for anyone listening, if you have read Gideon the Ninth and you know the the big reveal at the end, uh, I think that would be really interesting. And this this can be confusing for anyone who doesn't read it because I don't want to spoil it. But I think it would be really interesting if that was the type of relationship that we ended up having with our ghost. Hmm. Yeah, Danny said, is he comparing this to Love at First Sight? <laughs> I mean, kind of, right? Because that's how they that's kind of how they, they do it. They just know it's their guardian. Like, that's it. They know it yeah. is. That's funny. My lore card was on A Midsummer Night's Dream this week, and that's one of the one of the 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 tools within that play is uh being under a spell where when you wake up the first thing you see you fall in love with mm -hmm. so then uh really quick since we're talking about well, i mean we keep going back and forth but since since we were talking about uh, when everything happens, we actually do have an entry, and I think you brought it up with the Kalki Golem while I was uh, stepping mm -hmm. away. We yes. do have an entry that happened, like it's it's a it's one of Resputin's AI comms uh, where they talk about the collapse happening, and it's from the unsecured outcry, the uh, ship from Season of the Forge. And the, the main flavor text is compiling latest traveler intelligence, insufficient justification to pursue present action, which relates to the, what was it, Rasputin 5? The contingency yes. plan? Oh, oh, no. Ah, we just discussed this, but I've forgotten. <laughs> Back out. 
Either way, there was another card where Rasputin had a contingency plan, and everyone likes to think that it was absolute. Yes. Thinks that it was absolute proof that Rasputin shot the Traveler. This has been contested. This has been clarified by the writer that it's just a contingency plan. And unsecured outcry goes further to suggest that no, Rasputin didn't shoot the Traveler. But insufficient justification to pursue present action. The card continues. And they say, execute decision point, activate Loki crown, cancel counterforce objectives, Activi- activate Naglfar. Is that right? Naglfar? <laughs> Naglfar? We need kicks for that pronunciation. Na- oh, really? Is it uh, uh, Swiss? It's, yeah, it's, it is, that, yeah. it's that Viking speak. <laughs> uh, Naglfar step, and then activate the Kalki Golem. So basically, the collapse is happening. Rasputin says, the Traveler is not abandoning us. It doesn't need to be shot to force it to protect us. So now it's my turn to also contribute to the protection. And in mm-hmm. doing so, he's activating a different golem from the golem that became Felwinter, who was already activated living among the, pe- among the people and probably at this point has died, do you think? Maybe? It doesn't matter. Well, uh, yeah. <laughs> Probably. We don't know. Probably. <laughs> and so he activates the Kalki Golem to actually assist in in fighting the darkness. So do you think this is an, echo, an another Exo body? I mean, I think that... I think it is. I think that, like, you know, a Golem in mythology is... You know, it's a creature that's animated by magic. Like a... Like a a, what is it, like a clay creature? Mm-hmm. Yeah, of clay or Jewish mud or folklore stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. So like you know, um, I th- I think that that ties in very well with the idea that these are exos that didn't have a human mm-hmm. like origin. Sure. That that's that's what my guess would be at what what uh, what Golem represents. So then I'm sure you you both remember there is that really old uh, concept art that we, even we've talked about of an EXO who's holding a gun and they're all bloody for some reason. Mm-hmm. Actually, what if it's not their blood? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Maybe. Uh, so maybe that is actually what the Kalki Golem was supposed to be. The Rasputin embodiment XO that was fighting the darkness. Hmm. Yeah. And, you know, there's, uh, and there's, there's that. Well, I mean, this, this maybe isn't related, but you know, there's that vision from I think it's one of the. I can't remember which which card it was. Where there's a, a vision of Exos fighting the Vex. The Deepstone Crypt. Yeah. Is it Deepstone Crypt? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Um, you know, like I, it, we don't. Of course, those those exos could all be former humans. We don't have any like info on that. Uh, Ghost Fragment Legends Deepstone Crypt. Mm-hmm. Okay. So actually, well, if you want to bring that one up, then let's let's actually talk about that. <laughs> uh, so I'll I'll just read this really quick. Because uh, it's not a very long one. This is the tower where we were born. Not the tower, just a tower in a dream. The tower stands on a black plain. Behind the tower is a notch in the mountains where the sun sets. 
The teeth of the mountain cut the sun into fractal shapes, and the light that becomes that comes down at evening paints synapse shapes on the ground. Usually it's evening when we come. The ground is fertile. This is good land. We go to the tower in dreams, but that doesn't make, mean it's not real. Some of us go to the tower in peace. They walk through a field of golden millet and low warm wind blows and they're in from their back. I don't know why this is, because the rest of us meet an army. So you can ask others about the deep stone, and they'll tell you about the army. They might confess one truth, which is this. We have to kill the army to get to the tower. Usually this starts barehanded, and somewhere along the way, you take up a weapon. Ask again, and if they're buzzed, they might also admit that most of us don't make it to the tower, except once or twice. None of them will tell you that the army is made of everyone we meet, the people we work with and the people we see in the street, and the people we tell about our dreams. We kill them all. I think because we were made to kill, and this is part of us that thinks about nothing else. Often, I kill people I don't know, but like most of us, I think I knew them once, in the time before one reset or another, when my mind was younger and less terribly scarred. So this is how we go back to the Deepstone Crypt, where we were born. And so I so, wasn't thinking of Dr. Cod. Oh, that wasn't? No. Which one were you thinking I was, of? I was thinking of Mystery, The Vault of Glass 2. What's that one? So one of the one of the entries is so images flicker in in and oh. out repeatedly over its length. The result is a series of tableaus, moments in time captured by the ghosts struggle to see what's going on. And I'll read out actually no, I'll read out all of them because they're all related to exos, actually. Mm -hmm. The face of an exo staring impassively down at the ghost from very close. He appears to be confused, unsure what he is looking at. A landscape from a position a few feet off the ground, moving laterally to the point of view. The ghost appears to be clipped to the exo's belt. The images of a battlefield and over two dozen exo soldiers can be seen marshalling for battle. A chaotic sense of vex and exos fighting a titanic battle. The backdrop is, pitted, is a pitted and scarred landscape. A planet unidentifiable from pre present context. Vex energy bolts hang in midair as the frames click by, teeming masses of constructs surging towards an entrenched line of exo-soldiers. A metallic leg and boot belonging to a vex goblin. The exo goes down. The horizon of this, of this battle-scarred world, a ghost kicked free of the exo's body. Most details are obscured by dark and shadow, but one detail is easily made out, a massive crashed spacecraft. The last image, a, sig a sigil of Golden Age Earth emblazoned on the side of the ship's prow. Mm. So, you know, this, this seems to be from, like, I don't know, the ghost has somehow traveled back in time. Yeah, it's and... a Predith's ghost. Yeah. Well, I mean, all of the mystery Vault of Glass cards are like a, a vision through through time mm -hmm. you know the first one um is the first one about the the elixir yeah because it, it goes back when they still had the traveler and it picks up the ghost yeah. and it's like what's this and uh then it goes to that one and then the third yeah. one is when it's the city is destroyed and it's flying away 
and the mm-hmm. ghost is like in space because that's that's what we do we in, in um what was that uh paradox mm-hmm. well uh, the yeah. heroic version we go through yeah. the vaults of glass the uh, gorgon's maze and we pick up ghosts but one ghost that's just like kind of paradoxed in time across it yeah and it's that it's all it's all Praetith's ghost who was lost yeah. in time. Yeah, different instances, correct? I mean, yeah, just bouncing forward and forward and yeah. backwards. Um, that one's interesting though, because it it does also talk about the the what the exodes were made for, you know, mm-hmm. in the golden age. Yeah, or the collapse, possibly. What yeah, do you think I mean, the symbolism was... is of the? Um, ghost being strapped to the belt. What's that? that about? We will be getting trinkets. <laughs> I think it's just you know. I don't know if it's. I don't know how much I would read into that, but. But know, it was planted a... there for a reason. So, what do you think the ghost being stuck on a belt uh, is about? I would just I assume it's... to be forced to stay there because he broke free the and then it immediately leaves. Yeah. Like in every instance with the ghost, it's like the elixir picked it up and it's like looking at it and he sees the alabaster sphere perfect in the sky and everything. And it's like, oh my god, that's a traveler. But when it gets free of the elixir, it goes away again. Whereas yeah. when it's on the exo, it can't just go away. Right. So I yeah, I feel like it's an ex- it's a it's a from the writer's perspective, it's a reason for the ghost to be present for all of the stuff that happens. Mm-hmm. Sure, you know. Uh, so, yeah. But, so thinking about the like the order of events, mm-hmm. right? So we have the um, Siddhartha Golem mm-hmm. in the Golden Age. Yes, and then the collapse happens, and we don't know what happens to the Siddhartha Golem <laughs> necessarily. We know that at some point during the collapse, he's killed. Yeah, and then. At also at some point during the collapse, the Kalki Golem is released, Activated. whatever the Kalki Golem is. And then following on from that, the second half of the Siddhartha Golem law entry is about it's it's basically during the, the, the Dark Age or mm-hmm. you know the point at which the Siddhartha Golem is resurrected as Felwinter. Mm-hmm. And Shall I read? Shall I read what it says? Yeah, it's sure. Not too much to it. So, so, uh, so uh, it's it's got the the usual AI com header. Immediate action order. Siddhartha Golem detected in sector OR41-S. Reactivation conditions unknown. Siddhartha Golem identified with O energy signature, which is the symbol Rasputin uses for the traveler. Um. Automated remote asset seizure seizure field. Automated remote injection of wetware payload helminth field. Automated remote injection of hardware payload catacomb field. I am invoking Absalom knife. Upon execution, all affected assets resume long hold at midnight exigent. And weep the more because I weep in vain. Mm-hmm. To back up, you know what helminth is, right? 
is well i just googled it actually oh. <laughs> <laughs> but you but you, since you already knew you can have the joy of sharing that fact <laughs> <laughs> they're like a, a parasite and they are described as a worm and uh the helmet they're like um kind of like a flatworm mm-hmm. you know and so if you're thinking of the helmets that run through like the intestines of animals or humans uh you know they have to uh they have to keep themselves alive by siphoning the nutrients of their hosts so i couldn't help but wonder why would he need to inject a wetware of wetware payload of essentially worms that would survive and i know he's a program and in programming or in you know uh programming speak there are worms Mm -hmm. but what does that what does that mean I think it was just trying to kill him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I mean, I don't know whether automated it's... remote asset seizure failed. Automated remote injection of wetware payload helminth failed. Automated remote yeah. injection of hardware payload catacomb failed. It's it's all these things like saying like I don't want this thing walking around. I'm trying to fucking kill it. Yeah. yeah. So he was going to kill it by using a a, a worm, like you know, yeah. but. But I was well, thinking, you know, like a digital worm, a yeah. worm that would infect the, yeah. Yeah. But I mean, I, I also wonder if like, like it's, it's possible that Rasputin's first intention is not to kill the Siddhartha Golem. Mm-hmm. It might be that it's like, okay, this is weird. The Siddhartha Golem is back online. Uh-huh. Uh, I would like it to come back. C- can you come back to me so we can figure out what's going on? Oh, and yeah, then it's like, Okay, that that's not working. Like, what's well, what's the going catacomb, on? Here? And then the, the catacomb would make sense in that regard because then that would be him sending the maze for them to come back. Like, here's the directions, or here's the directive, here's the pathway. Come through maybe. the catacombs that I've set up for you. Yeah, I mean, the you first know? one was asset seizure. That's not asset like shut down or anything. It, he was no, trying to like seize take, control yeah. of it again because yeah. it's yeah. walking without him. And then eventually, it gets to the point where it's like, well. Uh, you oh, know, well, like I can't have it. Yeah, 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 yeah like invoking is... a bomb of snow knife, like nuts. Yeah. Rasputin had Pokemon. Absalom. <laughs> yeah, um, he, the the Absalom the Absalom knife is uh, boy, that one's a long one. So, I don't yeah. know if you want to tell people what the Absalom is. It's a grass ice type. It's a big tree. Oh, okay. <laughs> can um, uh, can we actually though go back to the Deepstone Crypt talk? Yeah. Because yeah. I I really did want to talk about that one in in terms of of echoes and golems. Actually, I think we should I think we should do that first. What is the difference between echo and a golem? Well, I mean, you know, like like Danny pointed out in the chat, maybe golem isn't the same as an exo. Maybe it's some other category. Well, but uh, the... Felwinter is is proof against that. 
Well, Felwinter is de- like yeah, Felwinter is definitely Siddhartha Golem. Okay, so yes. I put the, the I put the definition of Golem in our chat. So I was going to kind of expand upon that. If you if you break down all of the the madness behind Golem, because it comes from Jewish folklore, but it has a ton of different meanings in all all types of different uh, cultures and places. But the the gist of it is uh, the word Golem means my light form, raw material, con, con, uh, con, uh, the unfinished human being before God's eyes. Basically, it's a term used to describe an uncultivated person which are depicted in the seven characteristics of a person and the seven that are learned. So like if you are made from the earth, if you're made from uh, what would be said is God's hands, when he grabs the dirt or the clay of the earth and he molds it, you're an empty shell, an empty vessel. You're a golem before Mm -hmm. you've learned anything or before you've been filled with light and so on. So you're like an empty shell walking around uh, that can be used that was made from matter. Well, let's, I think let's, let's for the, for the, for the sake of this discussion, let's presume that a golem is an exo. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, I, I don't know what, like, it, there does seem to be a certain difference in the level of autonomy between. Yeah. Yeah, that's that, what, that's I, what I think the main difference is between the two. Yeah. Yeah. Like from the, I know we, as we said before this, the, the narrative preview um, around like legacy. It's a legacy two. part two and it is under the title acrimony. It's about halfway in because the, the legacy narrative previews are huge. So the important one to start off with, in my opinion, to understand what an echo is, is the acrimony uh, section where it is talking about the Echo's uh, uh, reboots and how it how it's going through thousands of reboots. Like, Banshee took 44 reboots, and he's kind of losing his <laughs> mind. This one's yeah. going through thousands, and yeah. the text even gets crazy when it's in the thousands. Like, all the yeah. little dashes yeah. and dots going Just up and breaking down. breaking down, yeah. yeah. So I think it's... 2625 but it's a bit hard to read <laughs> yeah that's definitely a 2625 and i mean yeah then how many i guess that says present day so that's that it went through 2000 reboots since the collapse yeah how many how many assuming it got one reboot a day how many how many reboots is that huge calculate one reboot a day you mean how many how many years is it yeah. 365, so. 2000? No, that doesn't make any sense. What did I do? I subtracted. So, three years, four years ish. (laughs) Wait, what is it? (laughs) I can't do math. I would say it's 7.19 years. 2625. How many reboots? 365. 7.19 years. Yeah. Ooh, so almost eight years. And that's if but it like, got that's if it got one reboot a day. Right. Yeah. But so but I, the, I think that the first well, the we, first one, if you read if you read Echo Zero, he awakens alone a fluke, blah blah blah. Welcome to Echo One before your departure, blah blah blah. 
Station hazards, gravitational anomaly, sterile neutrino bursts, please remain calm, override broadcasts via echo link, pillory subblock RR, skyshock alert, transient near, extrasolar mm-hmm. event. Basically, collapse is happening. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, definitely not one a day. Yeah. Yeah. And it seems like it was a it was a mistake that he was he woke woken. up in the first place. Yeah. Okay. Um maybe because of something hitting the vessel he was on. Hmm. Maybe. Yeah, like maybe it, um, the anomaly triggered and then the anomaly was uh yeah. recognized. So then the main difference I'm the main thing I'm understanding as different between a golem and an ec- an echo is that echoes were directly created by Anna Bray as the future of humanity mm-hmm. as as she calls them whereas in the at the very least the the case of Fellwinter I don't think Clovis Bray would allow Rasputin to create an echo and put him in society Mm-hmm. Right. to like go and study like that's that's like big brother crap like even clovis would probably be like whoa 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 like we can't be doing that yet right but do you think like i, I guess it, uh, the question is like how much autonomy did rasputin have like and that's, that's what i'm saying it? because at the in the ends of the days he was doing things on his own he was checking yeah. off that people don't need to oversee his actions yeah thanks anna yeah, <laughs> but I mean that's kind of what you want. I mean, okay. Look, well, I know she justified it in her um, in her lore as being necessary for the AI to take over certain protocols. Yeah, mm-hmm. but I mean, like, like humanity was being absolutely demolished. Well, yeah, we don't know yeah. the details, but like humanity was like at the brink of of destruction. So, yeah. arguably it was a good idea to create an AI that could continue to function without checking in. I mean, okay, it's a little bit Skynet, but, at this, oh. but if, you, if you are <laughs> trying to protect yourself from an enemy that is so much more powerful and coordinated than like any, anything that you have on your side, then maybe that's, that's, that's the right choice. So I, I think I just realized something. That connects your Vault of Glass and my Deepstone Crypt cards. Uh, Echo Zero, he he awakens alone, a fluke. Others hang around him, but they remain in the dream. So they're still dreaming of the the Deepstone Crypt Tower. Mm. And so this isn't a single solitary echo. It's not just, yeah, he's the one guy and he lives on this planet by himself. And that's the only echo that exists. There are multiple echoes that are there and they're supposed to be the future of humanity. So, I mean, the future of humanity is expanding. What happens when you try to expand, you meet resistance. What happens when you meet resistance, you kill resistance. Mm -hmm. Any of these foreign alien creatures or possible threats, you have this echo, echo, exo army to fight them like you saw them doing against the Vex in, in Vault of Glass. Or you mentioned them right. doing in Vault of Glass. Uh, Ghost Fragments, so Vault you, of Glass, whatever. Do you think that's what the Echoes were built for, to be an army? I mean, that's exactly what we've always been told, that the Exos are war machines. 
but yeah. echoes are not exos necessarily. Right. Right. And so, so the, so the echoes were a vessel for humanity to, um, to trans what's the word transcend transcend uh yeah be um uh, yes but, but what but okay what, 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 to live forever that's what is that right. what you're gonna say that exos were yeah. used by humanity to live forever and so that's what i'm saying right now uh in in the ghost fragment mysteries deep stone crypt you have mm-hmm. the echoes and then you also have the human-brained exos. So echoes were used to fight. Exos were used to live forever. Both of them have to exist in the dream where they go to the tower. But there's right. two types. There are the types that just walk up and they get in. The human mind. And there are those who fight their way in. The yeah, echoes. that's interesting. So so like the, the difference... The the reason why there could be a difference between the different dreams that the exos have is because they were designed for different purposes. I think some Banshee's designed, an echo. Yeah, yeah. Like like some some of them were designed to be like the the transcendent human minds, and some of them were designed to be the the grunts that are gonna mm-hmm. protect. Yeah, the war machines. And that's an interesting. I... I also think that goes even further, and I've been saying this for a while, even further into the exo lore of everything, where if you were an exo with a if you were an echo, you have this idea in your head that you were once a human, you know, because you needed that that reality to to exist. But yeah, if you were an exo, that. like in the case of the the last days of Crack and Mare, we have a, a human who became an exo and remembered her past. Mm-hmm. And that's supposed mm. to be impossible. That's not supposed to be something that you can do. When Ada became an exo, she didn't remember her past, but her past was stored and able to be given to her. Yeah. And now she remembers her past again. She remembers being uh, Henriette's daughter. Yeah. Whichever, whichever daughter she was, she remembers all that now. And so it, it really it's really drawing this line between exos and echoes and they're the exact same thing for all, you know, all that it matters. They're the same, but if you were to like date their history back, they're very different. So what about, you know, if you look at, so Cade became an exo Mm -hmm. and he, so obviously he has a human history. He, like we think, um, but he, like his main, job was like be a bodyguard yep right Right. would it not have made sense like 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 what was the reasoning behind that why would you not use an echo for that (laughs) why do you think they didn't so do you you think that that kate is an echo yes and he doesn't have like which would mean obviously you know ace isn't a real person it's like an implanted memory Yes, right. Absolutely. Yeah. So going way back to D one, you know, when we when we first were talking about Deepstone Crypt, one of the items that calls back as the Deepstone Crypt, like what you were saying, uh, is the Deepstone Crypt mark, which says a badge illustrating the famous subroutine which seated the first exo consciousness. Mm-hmm. So you know, it could very well be a branch of subroutine. Uh, 
in order to program the particular differences between the exos, the echoes, mm-hmm. and so on. And so the Deepstone Crypt, um, where the you know the tower where we were born is what they say. Yeah, could and- be that huge uh, vessel for these subroutines that are need or necessary to rewrite or write a consciousness mind. And so with, with everything that we learn about echoes and uh, golems, we, we kind of begin to see that they use a, a piece of Rasputin at the very least, a piece of his, his brain to make mm-hmm. the echo, make the golem, whatever it is in the case of Fellwinter, maybe it was like all of Rasputin was in there at one point, you know? Yeah. Whereas an echo might only have a part of it. Cause the echoes really don't need to appreciate music. You know, that's not what they're there for. <laughs> right. And so to kind of reinforce that from all the way back in the dark below, we've had this card, uh, ghost fragment Rasputin where, uh, Cade says, my old friend Andal, he used to stand right there in this spot. He'd come up with these wild stories. He'd say, you know, Cade, I've been examining the evidence, and personally, I've come to think it's you. You're Rasputin, legendary warmind, defender of Earth, and I wish you'd just remember that so you could reclaim your full power and save us all. Yep. And I feel like Bungie has had that idea in their brain for so fucking long and they're finally bringing it forward that mm. there were and i mean we've had all these other cards where rasputin says um was it in the the exo stranger one where he was like you're not one of mine but you must have been yeah yeah, yeah. it's like rasputin had like full control over all these echoes all these golems whatever it was and i think i think kate was one of them yeah and it's sad I mean, that with... Ace isn't real, but <laughs> oh well. <laughs> but I do yeah, think that you know, with that, with that um, Exo Stranger line, you're not you're not one of mine, but you must have been. That could just you know, like like Ras Rasputin oversaw a lot of the Exo program. You know, at least that's my impression. Like a lot of the Exos are associated with Clover Spray. So it's possible that he that he didn't necessarily control the exo that the exo stranger once was, right? You know, which I don't think proves or disproves the 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 theory. I just think that you know, like it's it he could have had it. He could have meant a few different things there. Yeah, which that goes back to the Ishtar. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, research team. And, Where he was just a fixture. Uh, he w- he wasn't even a human. Even though the Ishtar team would absolutely understand that Exos can be humans and they would treat them with human decency. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. It, it and might so be they less... knew they knew it was necessary for the Exo body to uh, to uh, what was it? They were trying to send. Um, my goodness. So they knew it was a necessary uh, evil, almost like they knew that there was. In order for a human to be able to, because they, I mean, the whole Vex encounter, the whole entirety of the Vex encounter and the, uh, I keep thinking of, of when their, their whole team was, was um, a simulation, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. right? 
and they knew that they were trapped within the simulation or they didn't. And the only way that they could figure that out or get out was to, uh, you know, get creative and rewrite new code so that they could find out if they were in fact a product of their environment or if they were the real thems. Mm -hmm. And uh, so when they were doing the research, trying to figure out if they could use a human mind to go into the, what was the machine called? I'm drawing a blank. The device? Uh, yeah, the device. And then the first humans that they were trying to send through the device were coming up crazy. Yeah, they needed exobodies to do it. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So there's the, there's the little bridge between the Clovis team and the Ishtar team and the little bit of uh, internal uh, drama and battle between the groups. Uh, you know, trying to to do what's right. It's interesting that you say bridge. <laughs> <laughs> That's the that is the code name yeah, but... for um. The, well, it's it, you know, like the the Exo Stranger uses the term bridge, bridging chasms, for... yeah, or rather yeah. FWC uses chasms. Exo Stranger is yeah. actually using bridges because Bridge, she's yeah. she's yeah. going places, not just looking. Yeah. I do think, though, one of the things you said, like, you know, the Ishtar team would treat Cade with respect. Well, if, I mean, if... not necessarily respect, but at least human decency. Yeah. But I, I think, though, to me, when I read that, I didn't think, you know, they're treating him that way because he's a machine. I read it, they're treating him that way, um, or at least Maya is treating Cade that way because, like, He's got. He's not a scientist. He's only there to like make sure that they don't get killed. Right. Like, he's just. He's, he is a glorified um, bodyguard. Yeah. yeah. Like he's. He's like. He's like. She. She feels nothing for him because. He and maybe is... there's a little bit of a disdain too. Remember, you know, Clovis has uh, Cade. Uh, he's manipulating Cade because mm -hmm. he, you know, he owes him, and so. He has to go on these, you know, types of bodyguard missions, you know, and but that's also giving Clovis a way to kind of be the eyes or the fly on the wall. Yeah, maybe. I mean, uh, it's it's possible. Um, maybe. I mean, I feel as though that, like, like if if the if the story was, you know, there's a soldier in the. I I think we've talked about this before. You know, if there was a soldier in the room, I'm sure. That, like that, like that soldier could have said, you know, she treats me, she she acts as though I'm, like I can't remember what what exact word he uses now, like an inanimate object or something like that. You know? <laughs> I can see her so clearly, dark hair split into smooth, shimmering strands, fanning over her forehead, gray irises blooming as she looks up from her work to see me standing there beside her, and then realigning. Uh, no, she doesn't know me at all. She doesn't even recognize my face, even though I've been standing over her shoulder for months. I'm nothing more than a fixture, a required imposition, an yeah. unwanted necessity. I'm no egghead, egghead, never was, just the blah, 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 blah. Yeah. And now he's less of a human in her eyes. Yeah. And that's what I mean. Like, 
I, I can't imagine ever looking at security and being like, they're just a fixture. Like, they're not even human. That's how it... Right. You know, but, it, but like the, the difference but if it was is a robot, though, if yeah. you were a, if you were a scientist in a lab trying to ex- extend expand the the knowledge of humanity, and you have been forced to have somebody watch over you, check you know check what you like. Uh, we don't know the level of involvement sure. that, that that this security guard mm-hmm. has. Like, I feel as though many scientists would say this is an imposition. Like, for, like I, I don't, I don't have anything against this person as a human being, but right. their presence here is having an impact on my work. Right. Like, that that's how I interpreted it when I first read it. Um. But yeah, like, like don't get me wrong. I think it's possible that they just, you know, that that they are discriminating because he's a machine. Well, but so... I just. It says, I was on a need-to-know basis, and the only thing I need to know is that nothing and nobody gets through the doors and past me without at least three layers of security clearance and a whole lot of muscle. Still, I think about <laughs> saying something, saying anything, and the second my, and the second my mind rifles through a trillion possibilities. But she's already turned back to her work. I shuffle my feet, straighten my back, and return to mine. Yeah. Hmm. But then, I mean, he's very much he's very much speaking of her and using these adjectives because he's fallen for her. You know, I mean, he's 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 been in that in that room, in that environment, and he's seen her day after day after day after day. Yeah. But is that not a story like like that story happens all the time, all over the world right now with human beings? And none of those human beings are robots. You know, maybe they're discriminated against for another reason, but that happens even in situations where a person is not discriminated against. You know, yeah. like people people don't see each other in, in the same way necessarily. Um so I, I feel as though, yes, it it could be because he's a machine. But I just also think that it's possible that it's not because of that. I think so. if Maya is treating him that way because he's a machine, but is in uh, in the understanding that he is also actually a human who had to basically sell his life to Clovis, mm-hmm. then she's a piece of shit. That's well, yeah. maybe, yeah. Maybe. But like, like if she does think that way, yes. Yeah. Like if she knows his yeah. sordid history. But if she's like, he's literally just a machine, then it's like, yeah, he's literally just a machine. Like, you don't need to fucking but entertain him. Equally, if she thinks of him as like, well, he's he's just a human, but he's here and I wish he wasn't. He's here and like, I, I just want to get on with actually doing science. But he doesn't person. actually impede the science. All he does, well, he does. is block the door. Yeah, exactly. And like, that's like, I mean, there's a difference between let's, let, let's say, mm-hmm. I mean, I can't go into an office right now, but let's say I was working in an office and every time I wanted to go and talk to somebody, there's a security guard. It's like, whoa, hang on a second. Where are you right. going? Who are you right. talking to? It's like, what come on. Here? I don't know. So I just, I just want to give like, you, you're totally right that if Cade isn't a human who became an exo mm-hmm. then that excuses maya's behavior but equally i think that if 
she looks at him as somebody who is just making her life more difficult and that her, somebody you know she says an imposition yeah. you know some, something that has been imposed upon her then i think that would that would also explain her behavior well it's also it's also it's also a little bit of that friction between clovis and ishtar you know she sees him as a as a as a fixture of the Clovis, Clovis, uh, you know, megastructure or whatever you call it. Uh, Maybe, but is there any is there any bad feeling between Ishtar and Clovis? I mean, I know well, sure like, because one's well, a research sure. group and one's a capitalist. So yeah, <laughs> well, Absolutely. true. But like, do we have any evidence that suggests you know, like like Dwayne McNeith says, <laughs> "I wish I'd taken that job at Clovis," but like. <laughs> that's as far as I'm aware. That's the only time. Like, th- there's the there's the the potential interaction between Maya and uh, Elsie. Okay, well, we yeah. can we can uh, if we were to base the type of research that Ishtar does with the type of research that the first like colonists did, and base mm-hmm. the colonists' opinion of Clovis as equal to mm-hmm. Ishtar, then they <laughs> fucking hated Clovis. Yeah, yeah that's that's true. Yeah. So, I, I mean, mean, Ishtar, Ishtar yeah. got into some crazy weeds out there. And, uh, you know, so there exactly. was a whole. <laughs> I didn't know what you were going to say there, actually. I thought you were going to say something else. No, I'm just saying they stumbled upon crazy. something that really messed everything. Yeah. But, but okay. So back to, back to Fellwinter well, and Rasputin. Oh, I actually want to say one, one last thing. I was yeah, yeah. searching this whole damn book for the line. Because uh, it, it if, you, if, you if you don't have it, yeah, I want to take a look at it. Yeah. You can see how the text yeah. just goes around the border, and it it makes it really it's it's a fun design choice. But when I'm actually reading it, I hate it. It's um, lovely handwriting, though. Yeah, yeah. Kate has very good handwriting. Yeah, I wish my handwriting was that good. <laughs> well, I mean, I wish I wasn't writing cursive, but also yeah, gotta have a steady hand. Cursive. So it good. it kind of it kind of goes through Cade's mind in a moment, and it's saying bounties up on the board, hive target, real mean sob you know the deal and it keeps going on and he goes fast forward a spell i'm in the guts of it deep dark caverns deep below the surface can't tell exactly where or when edz maybe doesn't matter in any case i'm right where i need to be tucked into a shadowy camo cloak coming to keep me well out of sight right place right time uh bam i dart out from cover cloak don't know what that says (laughs) Stupid cursive, I'm sorry. <laughs> Out from underneath, I lunge, lifting my hand cannon. It barks and orders, bathes the room in firelight. The bullets are true, they always are. These thrall burn to ashes before they know what hit them. Now it's just me and the target. Big bad bounty. I'm sc- I'm ready to collect. My blade gleams in the sick green terror of his eyes. Strike that. Mm. This is all wrong. Timelines way off. Realigning dot dot dot. There's no bounty. No hive. I'm out in plain sight. Sky is torn open and there's... And there's... Nothing and nobody left in this ruined world but me and the boiling shadow all around. So I think that's a, a decent point that gets my point across. Uh... Mm. He's clearly fighting something in the collapse, which we've just yes. agreed upon is what the echoes were for. Yeah. And that's Cade's memory, fighting whatever the echoes were. 
But there's there's probably a bunch of people who died during the collapse who, if they could remember what happened, they would also remember fighting something, you know? Yeah, but I doubt... I mean, like, again, I doubt anyone's drawn what he's fucking drawn in these these pages as well. I don't know. Maybe yeah. if uh, if the the Black Armory team had looked around the corner, they might have been able to draw something like that as well. That's uh, true. Well, then let I me mean... let me continue. Uh, <laughs> Maybe there's I? something in here. No, because it it, it does continue. I know. Uh, I know it does. Whatever it is, hits me before I can level my gun. Doesn't matter. Tendrils of pain crawl over my splayed fingers, my outstretched arms, and my shoulders. My neck, my screaming... (laughs) Sorry. My neck, my screaming mouth... I just thought of that fucking song. As it consumes. I'm being enveloped. Everything is wrong. Primordial. My systems go sideways. All but my sensors. It wants me to... Sorry. To witness this, the world. <laughs> its world now, suffocating in the black poison. I collapse. We all collapse. It just to it I can't read that without it being he was there fighting whatever there was to fight. Yeah, and I agree. All I'm saying is that that doesn't prove he was an echo. Why would a human exo be out there fighting that fight? My impression is that everybody was fighting. Okay. Maybe a lot of people were dead. Yeah, maybe. But but like a lot of people probably took a last stand. Maybe the war mind. What? Maybe he he had a seizure. (laughs) The war mind took over. Yeah. Oh. That's what he's saying. I see. Right. Okay, well, so that's, back that's my to argument. In a <laughs> yeah, well, winter. I think it's a yeah, it's it's definitely a possibility. I just think that there's probably a lot of people who were, you know, like humans, mm-hmm. um, out out, you know, trying to to stop whatever it was that yeah, was attacking. Absolutely. So, okay. Golems. Why does Rasputin want to kill Fellwinter? That is a good question. And I know, like, the, the, the whole, you know, the story that Rasputin tells in the Fellwinter quest is a very, like, simplistic story. Mm-hmm. It's almost one-sided. Yeah, it's a very flat, two-dimensional, like, you know... But I mean, it's also very honest. Like, it, it might be, like, very, like, one-sided, but he's like, no, but- I was the bad guy. Like yeah, yeah, I, I, I was understand. the one that fucked up. But like, yeah. he, he is the thing. Like, yeah, like Danny says, because Rasputin was jealous and stupid. You don't <laughs> expect a, an entity with the intelligence of Rasputin to be so petty. You I know, mean, he was human. Like, yeah, I mean, I think part of it, part one of the things that I that I do think is that. Rasputin's mind was fractured. Mm-hmm. Like we know that when we like the the way that that Bungie have explained the fact that like Rasputin's call was always on Mars is mm-hmm. that the 
the the things that we saw in the cosmodrome like the the the, the rasputin that was running in the cosmodrome was like a fragment of rasputin it yeah. wasn't the whole connected mind and right. you know we've talked before about the fact that rasputin would need to be able to operate in isolation like you know you don't want to have like a a server running on Mars making decisions. Well, sure. About- I mean, the whole yeah. beginning of the game when we first played D1 was to uh, connect the satellite that Dead Orbit, yeah. you know, had gone out into space to help us do. And so that Rasputin could be brought back online. Yeah. And so I, I do think that up until a certain point, Rasputin was Jupiter. <laughs> he was more he was more animalistic he was more yeah. you know like he was what he was in crisis mode you know he yeah. was like well, that's what i was gonna say he was in a he just fought the darkness you know yeah like he's <laughs> gotta mess with you on some yeah. level and i think that the action of you know anna has been going around as we see in the in the first legacy legacy part one mm-hmm. um anna is going around reconnecting um war mind facilities and yeah. i i wonder if like that is kind of making rasputin whole again mm. you know the rasputin that we're dealing with now seems a lot more cooperative a lot more like it, partly that's because of anna you know anna sure. is kind of like the the ambassador between us and rasputin mm-hmm. but even so the rasputin that we're dealing with now seems very different to the one that killed the iron lords and that, um, you know, that Zavala was so opposed to forming any kind of alliance with. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I do wonder if that's, you know, the fact that it's such a two-dimensional and such a dumb story to tell for, for a creature that is supposed to be so intelligent is because at that point in history, following from the, on, on from the collapse, Rasputin was dumb, mm-hmm. you know? That's my yeah. theory anyway. Yeah, no, I, I mean, mean it makes that's sense. a good theory. I mean, they called him the tyrant back in the golden age too, so it sounds like he was always yeah, kind of an yeah. asshole. But like, <laughs> maybe, maybe in in his defeat, he made less calculated asshole decisions, like killing his son yeah. instead of just well, being had... like, "You're my son, listen to me," like it, yeah. like that. Yeah, it's a very yeah. it's a very nuanced character, mm-hmm. um, you know, because even. Even what we know about his submines, and or you know what we knew about his submines, mm-hmm. and then you know he extends himself himself throughout the exos or the echoes, and then and the uh, he has he has control over uh, frames, and he has you know upgraded frames, which are you know the little new creatures that we see, the new uh, warmind robots running the around heavy helping. frames. You mean? Yeah, the heavy frames. Well, because I wouldn't call those new, because even Saladin mentioned seeing frames and other constructs that he's never seen mm-hmm. since and hopes never to see again. If, that's true. If, if one of those things were on the enemy side, they sound terrifying. Right, that's yeah. true. They just and, charge and then, at you and blow up. They don't care. Yeah. That whole Siva, you know, that whole Siva time period uh, where Siva had uh, gone crazy, basically, yeah. you know. Absolute rampancy. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but he builds those frames in a similar way, mm-hmm. you know, and so it just shows you the the sheer um, power and ability that Rasputin has to dominate so many different things. Mm. 
And then there's the Aurora knives or, you know, the, the base, the big space laser yeah. that we've heard about, you know? So there's that. There's a lot of Rasputin weaponry that we still aren't very clear as to what it is, but maybe because we still have one more week in the season and the almighty is still yeah. hurtling towards us. Maybe we'll actually see this, like maybe satellites go in a line and they just like yeah. shoot a target. That would be cool. That's what I want to see. I want to see the Aurora Lance. That's what I'm yeah. calling it. <laughs> so we are actually kind of like at our time. Uh, what do you guys think we're going to see this this coming week with, with Rasputin and the Almighty? Well, I, I hope we see Rasputin. <laughs> I like, know, I hope we see Do you it. actually hope that we see it being destroyed or do you, do you just think it will be destroyed? I don't know. I mean, I hope there's some sort of cutscene or something. Me too. Um, but like, it's really interesting you know that like loads of people have have talked about how there's this, like there's certain I don't know if we, you would even call them leaks, but you know like different versions of the tower and stuff. Yeah. Um, but I don't know if they make any sense because like, well I don't know I I guess I it makes me wonder if there's going to be some sort of surprise, some sort of twist. Um, I think there will be some level of twist what people yeah. consider to be a good twist and a is that even a twist is up to the person though yeah yeah I we mean, got I some really so. good lore i mean the whole fell yeah. winter thing yeah. i mean that's massive right now it's a huge buzz mm -hmm. all over social media people are you know creating art around it making all kinds of ideas yeah and, and they love it even people who don't aren't invested in the lore of the game are just you know consumed by fell winter fell winter fell winter <laughs> And no offense to yeah. them, but people who aren't invested to the lore, they're like, so Rasputin has a son? How does that work? Yeah. <laughs> like, what's going yeah. on? And it's like, I mean, it's really simple. It's just an AI and another AI body walking around. I mean, <laughs> don't don't get so hung up on the fact that he called him his son. Like, <laughs> Yeah. I, I think there's still a whole lot of Felwinter that we have yet to experience, and I wish that they would expand upon that. Like, the fact that he has uh, a statue in memoriam to him or the mm -hmm. fact that he um was such a a, a main uh character in, in osiris's uh development as a character you know he mm -hmm. you know i mean there's there's lore that talks about him being a mentor you know to others mm -hmm. uh in a way and people looking up to him and and thinking of him as this great hero right i want to know why yeah. you know Reading this book now and actually having this information now makes um was it a man with no name when he was Wu Ming working at the bar below Fellwinter Peak and he climbs up and it's like Fellwinter is just staying in the temple. Fellwinter doesn't leave the temple without an actual reason. And a part of me was like, <laughs> Wow, that's interesting. I wonder why he just sits in his temple all day. And now it's like, Oh, because <laughs> of the war mines. Yeah. <laughs> that's <laughs> funny. Yeah. That's funny. I never thought, you know, and then there's the other thing, Tim Timur, he mm -hmm. knew way too much yeah. <laughs> about mm -hmm. Fell Winter too. Yeah. I mean, he called them out before anybody did. And that's what I mean. That's why I feel like it's just so likely that with Timur Fell Winter with Andal Cade, it's like yeah, how many echoes, similar. how many golems are just walking around as a guardian right now, not realizing what they are. And like, obviously the echoes goal are, uh, Rasputin didn't give a shit about the echoes. Like there could be hundreds of Echo Guardians right now, and it's like, yeah, whatever. Yeah. He had one, one son. I know I said in the tweet that he had more than one son, uh, referencing the Kalki Golem. 
I wonder if he would feel the same way about the Kalki Golem or any other golems that he might have had. Well, you know, you know that maybe brings, they were that brings up a him. good point. That brings up a good point. You know, Ada kind of represents the purest of all the echoes, if you will, or the you know Who? exos. Ada. Ada oh, exos. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So um, she kind of represents the purest of them all because mm-hmm. her character development was uh, was driven out of you know a family story and a mm-hmm. loss and a mother trying to you know save her the the you know save her child save her yeah. kid yeah and so uh, yeah I would be interested to see if there was something there that connected uh, the the world mm-hmm. as well yeah I mean maybe. So I think we're at that point where we're going to we're going to start having a lot more people get more involved with each other. Like that's that's really what Bungie has said that they wanted. They don't want things to be self-contained stories. They want them to be actually connected. Yeah. Yeah. Which is a good, you know, like I, I would love to see like more reactions from Saladin mm-hmm. a, around like this this yeah. alliance that we are forming with Rasputin because like obviously what, go on. I was gonna say because we got that in Curse of Osiris and Warmind, where he was like, "I don't trust the Warmind. I don't like yeah. that you're doing yeah. this." And now it's like yeah. a full blown alliance, not just we're helping him yeah. out this one time. Like he should be yeah. like, "What the hell is wrong with you?" Saladin's <laughs> been very, uh, very. Um, what's the word? Like he needs more. He needs more development right mm-hmm. now. Yeah. Many characters. Well, one of the things I wanted to say is that it's uh, we were talking about what's going to happen over the next couple of weeks. Um, the top red law entry at the moment is actually not one of the liar entries, but no res for the weary. Oh, well, huh. Do you know why that is? Because of the the guy stuck on the no. Oh the yeah, the right? almighty. Well, <laughs> that is why it is by proxy. But the reason why oh. it is is because of Bife. Yeah, his video. Oh, did he was he talking about? He, the, he just did a video about it like two days ah, ago. I see. Of course, I need some better way of figuring out why things <laughs> are being read. <laughs> and also, I don't ever shut up about that card. So yeah, yeah. Like I, whenever I'm talking to people, I bring up that card and I'm like, what, what card? And I'm like, this one. And they go and look at it. <laughs> it's like that and is one of like, the best ones. Please, sir. This this is the bunk. <laughs> Uh, well, that so, calls it. Yeah, our next episode will be on what's what's next? June, June fourteenth, yeah. and mm-hmm. our next episode will be exciting because our next episode will be f- five, six days, whatever after the new season, the un currently unknown titled season yeah. launches. So I'm yeah. very excited to see what the new season has to offer. Because it seems like it's going to be offering the pyramids, and we're finally going to see them combine into a giant Voltron robot, and then Rasputin's going to reveal that Earth is actually a Rasputin or a Voltron uh, Unicron <laughs> robot. Yeah, I stumbled. All, 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 yeah. all of those things coming out of the ground all over the place are just going to like in, interconnect. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Earth is a definitely. Unicron. The pyramids are a Voltron. Mm-hmm. We're gonna have an epic anime fight. It's gonna be awesome. <laughs> and we just get to watch. <laughs> yeah. there you go. Uh-huh. No gameplay. Yeah, it's, it's it's like one of the Fortnite events. <laughs> go go yeah. Power Rangers. Yeah, then the Megazords come. They can all join in. It'll be, it'll be a good time. 
And there will be cake. <laughs> if you want to find out more of a, about us, um, down at the bottom there, the Loose Cannon Show, that's how we spell it, because we're clever with the only the one N in canon, not counting the second N. Um, <laughs> yeah, that was... <laughs> that's that's our Twitter, that's, at Loose yeah. Cannon Show on Twitter. Uh, we post going live updates and why we were late this morning. Uh, and that's basically it right am i forgetting something i feel like i'm forgetting something we also post uh uh audio and stuff youtube's been a pain i'm very sorry i don't understand why youtube won't upload our videos anymore i'll try it again this week though that's really all i can do (laughs) yeah youtube's just youtube's just a mess really i mean i'm I'm not trying to criticize YouTube, but it's a pain in the ass when it's like uploading for eight hours and showing zero percent. Like, what am I? What am I doing wrong that I don't understand? So that's it. Bye. Okay. Bye. Bye. Bye.